All right, everybody. It is episode 262. It's Sunday morning. Top Rope Nation. The trio is once again complete. We're here to talk about SummerSlam 2022. I didn't know if I was going to be on this show. When I think about dedication, I got to think about yesterday and me running a one-year-old's birthday party. Justin Joint was in the house. He came over for a while. It was a good time. But as any of you out there with children know, setting up a kid's birthday party is a lot of work. I was cleaning up until about 9.30 at night. Then I started SummerSlam. I watched the whole show except three matches last night. Got up this morning, watched the remaining three I needed to see so I could be on this podcast for the big return of Kyle Ross. Because Kyle has not been on a show with Justin and I together since June 27th. In fact, it was the Forbidden Door review. It was the last time all three of us were on the same pod. Oh. Uh, I didn't want to miss it. Kyle, you produced some content for us since you've returned from the West. You did some Top Rope Nation Extra. Patrons can check that out. I posted a, a segment of it on our main feed for everybody on Friday. But Kyle, I mean, you had quite the journey out West. I mean, you're kind of our own personal cowboy now. You know, it didn't matter if you were uh, if you were out in the Dakotas, maybe like retracing. Oh, here we go. Of Theodore Roosevelt. For those one of, of you live on our video stream, you're seeing some photos right now. One of the three presidents I've given an A grade to. Long-time <laughs> listeners maybe remember that discussion. <laughs> Kyle, you know, out in the Dakotas retracing the steps of Teddy Roosevelt. Whether he was in Minnesota retracing the steps of Hangman Page and his <laughs> path to AEW victory. Or whether he was in Iowa. As the Top Rope Nation crew hung out at my house on your way home back to Ohio, Kyle. Oh, look at that It was photo. a good time. It was a good time. But all in all, Kyle, welcome back to Top Rope Nation, Mr. Madcap Ross. Oh, boy. Here we go. I like that one picture where I'm, like, completely hammered. Obviously, I said it to you. Where I'm like, ooh, like that. Or, that's like, it's like that Samoa Joe photo they showed when he was making fun of Jeff Hardy. It was a meme for a while on Twitter when he's like... Remember that one? Remember? <laughs> yeah. 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 There was no way I could miss. I mean, you guys could have done the show without me. There wouldn't have been a video stream. It would have nope. just been audio. But I mean, look, it's the second biggest WWE show of the year. I wanted to be on here with both of you to talk about it. So I put in the work <laughs> so I could chat with you on this Sunday morning. And I hope you enjoyed that. Welcome back, Kyle. I just hope you feel the same way and in 75 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Or, or I, I wonder if you were second-guessing your life decisions this morning watching those three last matches. <laughs> well, no, you know what was weird is, I, as you guys know from the Facebook group, I watched the main event live. That was when I finally got done cleaning up the house with my wife. And then I rewound the live feed, and I could only get back to the McAfee match. And then I watched from McAfee up until the semi-main. Then they had the replay posted, so I watched Becky and Bianca last night, and then the three matches after that I watched this morning to get ready. So uh, that is what we did. Uh, Justin, like I said, I saw you yesterday. Thank you for coming to the party. My friend, how are you doing this morning? I am doing pretty good. I'm wearing my sunglasses because the McMahon-Helmsley era is here, and the boy, the future sure is bright for the WWE. <laughs> Yes, yeah, a whole new sea change in WWE, as we're going to talk about here. You didn't, maybe, you didn't tell maybe me Dave not. Shearer was joining us on the program this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, hey guys, again, welcome. It's episode 262 of Top of the Nation. How much money did they give Dave Shear when he visited the Performance Center that one time? <laughs> Has anyone ever confirmed that? <laughs> I had an invite to the Performance Center at one time. I don't think I've ever told you guys that. Oh, wow. Yeah, open invite, PR told me. Anytime you're in town, we'll give you a private tour. Come check it out. Haven't been to Florida since then, though, so I haven't been able to take them up on it. But as you are seeing right now, I'd like to give these guys a private tour of the Performance Center. They deserve it. There are amazing patrons of Top Rope Nation. You see their names going across the bottom of the screen. As I said, Kyle dropped a bonus show for them on Friday. This week, Top Rope Nation Classics coming out, reviewing Canadian Stampede 97. Going to be a lot of fun. So if you want to hear that, it's going to be over two hours, I'm sure. Join the Patreon page and uh, over 80 bonus podcasts available right now. Link in the description. And uh, as always, if you want to support the show in a free way, subscribe to our YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast feeds, wherever podcasts are found. Boys, it's time. Give me your grades. SummerSlam 2022. Just enjoy it. You can go first. What do you give the show? Um, I got to say, for the most part, except for maybe towards the middle and the end, I was mostly entertained by this show. It didn't feel like a complete waste of time. Uh, however, when you kind of zoom back and look at it, I'm sure we will talk about what, you know, the big questions coming into this show were was, you know, is this actually a new era? Um, I will say that this was an eight match card with three part-timers in Dom Mysterio coming out as winners. So I don't think a whole lot has changed. I am going to go a C plus C plus. Okay. Kyle. Give us yeah. I'm going to steal that grade. I'm looking off Justin's paper here, I guess. Uh, it was a better than average WWE show. I don't know where it would fall on the spectrum of all time. Summer slams. Certainly not near the top, but certainly not near the bottom. Uh, mm -hmm. I think the one thing, and this is going to be a key talking point for me throughout this podcast, that this show had going for it, and that maybe Triple H has going for him moving forward as he takes over creative, is there was nothing on this show that was flagrantly dumb. And if he can avoid that, because remember, you know, th there was a tweet. Um, about the podcast Liam and I did. Like, oh, I can't believe you're not more optimistic about it. It should just be better by like, you know, just because it has to be. It can't get, get any worse. And, you know, it's kind of a backhanded compliment. But if Triple H can just like avoid stupidity, he's probably, and just keeps doing the same WWE playbook that the fan base right now seems to be eating up. He's probably in good shape, I guess, mm -hmm. to a degree. I mean, I still don't think the things that people loved in NXT 1.0 that he did, he will necessarily try to do that much on the main roster or have a great chance of succeeding. But just simply by not doing dumb stuff, I guess he's okay. It's, it's like he, it, it's like he's uh, he bought a house and the only thing to improve the yard is he just has to pick up the dog shit that was littered around it from the previous owner. <laughs> that is certainly a way to put it. Yes. Um, like the other thing is, um, you know, um, I had this fucking point, damn it. And I was laughing. I was thinking about do the dog should I have to pick up in my yard right now. So, so Ryan, why don't you give a grade? Then it'll come back to me. All right. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'll go B minus. 
I'd say oh, even even though I watched it in segments, maybe that helps that I didn't have to sit through it straight through, you know, because I did watch it piece by piece. I mean, the main event, it was a spectacle. We'll talk about it. It wasn't like a great wrestling match, but it was a good spectacle. It was memorable in that way. The, I thought the opener was very good. I agree with Justin. The middle settled down quite a bit. And, uh, you know, that was kind of after the main event, what I watched next last night. But then when I got to Becky and Bianca, then I really liked that match. So, yeah, I got to go B minus. I like that it was only eight matches, that it mm-hmm. wasn't a 10 or 11 match show. So in that way, that was a positive for me. We always talk about how these WWE cards are way too long. So, yeah, I'll go B minus. I still thought this show was too long. I was getting tired by the main event. And it's interesting you talked about how you came into the main event fresh. And I wonder mm. if that would help to watch. Because like I like I didn't think that match got off to an inspiring start before the tractor and Agreed. the rock tipped yeah. over the ring. Like I was kind of in a coma at that point. Um, we'll talk about it when we get there. But the point I was gonna come back to before um, you know, I looked out the window and stared at Bruno's shit, uh, was <laughs> <laughs> that's the dog, uh, not San Martino. Yeah, yeah, yeah not, not San Martino. Um or you know, if, what's that kids movie that everyone loves? Encanto. Oh, yeah, 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 our, yeah. No, our dog, David Bruno. But comparing it to last year, so on that Patreon show that I did with Liam, and we were talking about SummerSlam history, I was a little surprised how last year's SummerSlam had the lowest rating on Cage Match. And he and I talked about it, and we talked about it in the uh, watch-along when we were doing SmackDown the other night. And I think the consensus is the reason everyone hates last year was because of the Bianca Becky thing, right? Yeah. Well, it goes back to now my original point. If Triple H can strip away those talking points or those like those happenings that become like universally hated and sort of overwhelm all the good or what what good there is on these WWE shows, again, he's probably in good shape and there wasn't anything like that. Mm. Last night. So, what'd you go for grade? C+. Plus. C plus. Okay. C plus, C plus, B minus. Let's look at where our listeners and followers were over on the top rope nation, Twitter account. This is one of the most positive responses we've gotten for a WWE show in quite some time. As you see there, 157 votes strong, almost 55% gave it an A, about 30% a B. So like 85% of the respondents were A or B 10% gave it a C 5% D or F. I could not I could, I could in no way argue that this was a D or F show. It was not that bad. Yeah. And that That's actually really lines up with what I've seen on, you know, it had a pretty positive response on social media. A lot of people really enjoyed this show. Um, a lot of my enjoyment came from superficial stuff. Like, you know, I, I'm always a sucker for, you know, the outdoor stadium, you know, open air daylight matches, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, being able to watch it with our Facebook group in that thread is always a blast, especially it seems to be even better when the show is bad. It makes it even all that more entertaining to chat along with everybody. So I, I think that played a big part in it. Not to be a dick, that poll is silly. That results, I mean, come on, stop it. Show is not an a. I mean, if that was an A show, folks, my God, I mean, there's some shows that I think, like, yeah, I mean, it would be what, what grade would you give it? Some of these life changing? I mean, is that an option, I guess, for things? I mean, come on, I've seen a lot better wrestling shows. I've seen better wrestling shows than WWE. What's interesting is, and I guess this poll supports it because I don't remember what our Money in the Bank poll said, and I was really low on that one. Mm hmm. Compared to the crowd. But this was definitely better than Money in the Bank. But what's interesting about this show is, and I I wonder if you guys would concur, 
to me, it seemed that the sum was greater than any of the individual parts. Yes. Right. Like there was because we were talking about this morning on Facebook. The chat kept going. People were like, what was the match the night? I guess the main event. People were saying maybe the opener. Some others were saying, but like there isn't that one thing that I'm like desperate to go back and rewatch this morning or a couple weeks from now. Yeah. So, Money in the Bank was more B's and C's. Just looked it up. Yeah. Sixteen uh, percent A's on that one. Yeah, yeah. And I think I gave that a D. I, I really hated that show, but I think. In retrospect, I just hate Money in the Bank, so that played a yeah. part. <laughs> this show, to what Justin was just saying, it had the spectacle about it, right? Mm-hmm. It right. Mm-hmm. looked like a big show. There were celebrities involved. The cra- the way it was shot looked nice. The, the crowd was super invested in it, which it seems like it's been quite a while uh, to, to see a really invested WWE crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things like you enjoy it so much in the moment. Like Kyle says, is there anything that you would go back and rewatch ever? I mean, to me, that's what makes a, a great show. I try to keep that in the back of my mind when I'm going to grade something an A. Like, is there anything a year or two down the road that I'm going to want to rewind and watch again? But the crowd clearly had fun. I like that it was eight matches. You know, a lot of people are maybe going over the top with the Triple H love here. Like, oh, his first show, you know, pay-per-view show that he's in charge of. Look at all these fun returns and stuff as we're going to talk about but as you talked about with liam friday on top rope nation extra kyle i mean that was kind of the hallmark of triple h when he was in charge of nxt at the beginning of the war with AEW. was that like hot shot booking where nothing ever really came of any of these big surprising moments you know so we'll see long term how that plays out we there's no way to evaluate that right now but certainly there was some stuff that made headlines during the show Sure. Yeah. I mean, outside of the opener, like not the match, but like the the post match, Mm -hmm. I'm going to push back on this narrative. Triple H's fingerprints. You know, oh, my God. He's like to me, this was a pretty standard WWE show Mm -hmm. where, again, he just didn't have anything that was flagrantly bad on it, which I guess, again, is just, you know, improvement for the sake of improvement. All right, let's get into it. Let's let's look at this match by match. Go ahead, Kyle. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. Uh, so again, they're they're in Nashville. They're at the Nissan Stadium. Although Jimmy Smith welcomed us to the Nissan Arena, so we were off to a Ooh. great start there from the top of the show. Uh, but they did open with Becky Lynch and Bianca, as I said, and I very much enjoyed this. Obviously, it was an improvement over what we saw last year at SummerSlam between the two and the the quick finish with Becky's surprise return um what did you guys think let me just throw it around the horn before i go through like some of the big spots and moves justin did you enjoy this one yeah i would say from what i saw online i I may have enjoyed it a little bit more than a lot of people it was not as good as the wrestlemania match Mm -mm. um i thought the last third of it was pretty excellent uh the right woman won the there is multiple KOD spots, which I thought were re- really good. Um, uh, Becky reversed one, which in my notes I wrote down burning hammer because I forgot what Bianca Belair called her finisher, <laughs> but she hit the one on the outside where uh Becky kind of reversed it and pulled her into the barrier. Uh, I would I thought that would have been a pretty sweet, just normal KOD spot, but uh, it definitely seemed like the story of the match there for a while was. Becky kind of just trying to stay alive by reversing everything. There was the 
reversal of the top rope leg drop attempt, which she turned into the power bomb, which I thought was, was pretty great. Um, something that irritates me that Ryan Huffman on the thread also pointed out is when these wrestlers act like they are dead on the outside during a, a count out moment. And then when it hits nine, they just pop up and jump in the ring is one of my biggest wrestling pet peeves. It's one of those things that somebody did it really well the first time. And then it's, it got over and W was like, all right, we're going to repeat that spot all the time. And Mm -hmm. most people don't execute as well as whoever did it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. So outside of that, I, I thought the finish was pretty incredible with, uh, Bianca reversing the kind of the middle rope rock bottom attempt or whatever the hell, uh, Becky is calling that maneuver with the Spanish fly and then the KOD for the win. Yeah. That was awesome. Kyle. thought the match was okay. Pretty average. To be honest <laughs> with you. Um, <laughs> it was nowhere near as WrestleMania. I mean, WrestleMania was like a four plus star match. This oh like, yeah. Know, this was like two and a half. I thought it was, I mean, Oh wow. I mean, it was just a very average professional wrestling match between these two. But the most important thing is who won, and I think also important, more important than the match itself, whether it was good or not, is what happened afterwards. So we'll get to that, I'm sure, in a moment. Yeah. Um, I took a lot of notes. I can take you through the hits by hits if you want, or we can just move on. But it was, <laughs> I mean, like you said, you compare this to what happened last year at SummerSlam. I mean, Smith, Jimmy Smith, the announcer, he hit that over your head at the beginning. This is not last year, he said, as Becky was struggling to get an advantage on Becky or Bianca early on in the match. Um, and then, you know, it went to this segment where Becky was working on Bianca's arm, swinging it against the mat, working her left arm over. They fought to the outside. Uh, Becky used the barricade on Bianca's arm. She had a leg drop to Bianca's neck off the barricade. We got the back exploder back in the ring to continue hurting the shoulder of Bel Air. Um, at one point, Bianca tried to counter the back exploder and do a suplex, but Becky reversed it into a small package. Um, yeah, I got lots of notes. Let me just go down to the finish. So in the end, Becky escaped the KOD in the ring. She charged, or uh, yeah, and then she charged, but gets thrown to the mat. Bel Air goes up top. Becky drops her and fights to the top turnbuckle with her. Uh, Becky gets pushed off, but holds Bianca's hair. She pulls her down. She hits the manhandle slam for the two count. Becky goes for the disarmer, but Bianca rolls her up for two. Then this is where, as Justin said, they fought up to the second rope, and Bianca hit the Spanish fly and then follows with the KOD for the three count. At the end, you know, it's like Becky may be shifting her character here a little bit because she extended her hand. They shook hands. They hugged in the ring. Bianca's celebrating, and then Bailey's theme song comes on. She's been gone over a year with that torn ACL. Out walks Bailey, got a good response from the live crowd. Uh, she comes down to the ring, you know, she's or about halfway down to the ring at this point, saying, You remember me? Do you remember me? And then Dakota Kai's theme song comes on. Remember, Dakota had been released by WWE, but she was someone that. Triple H liked very much and apparently there was some shock when she got released and everyone thought he would make a good play to bring her back once he took power which he did I was reading up and hearing some things on this this morning apparently AEW like did kind of contact her but there wasn't much discussion there that there were some people in AEW that wanted her to come in but it never really got off the ground at all 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, she she comes out next and then Io Shirai's theme song comes on. So Smith calls her Io Shirai and then Corey Graves immediately calls her Io Sky. One of those stupid instances where they're going to rename someone when they come up from NXT to the main roster for whatever reason. So she's now Io Sky, even though her Titantron still said Io Shirai. <laughs> and These, Jimmy Smith didn't get the internal memo. Yeah, he kept calling her Io Shirai while Graves kept calling I, I her Io say, Sky. I, I like Jimmy Smith more than Michael Cole, simply because he just comes across, you know, maybe he makes some mistakes, but he's newer at it, obviously. Cole's been doing it 20 more years, but he just comes across as less of a tool. Doesn't scream as much, yeah. And he just doesn't look like a tool. He looks like, like I don't know, Michael Cole, when it, like all of his mannerisms, like if you saw him at like a bar or something, and he's talking about going out in Nashville, you, you just like look at him like, this guy's a fucking toolbox. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> So these three, this was actually pitched a while ago, and Vince apparently nixed it, that these three would be on a main roster stable. So, And then it was pitched with various members after that, like uh, Raquel Gonzalez as a member for a while. That was nixed as well. But this is the original group that was apparently pitched over a year ago that Vince said no on. So they are doing the stable now. They come down to the ring. Becky comes up to Bianca's side. They have this face-off. Becky says, we're ready to go. Come on. And the three Bailey's group leave and walk off. This this was the only thing on the show to me that felt like Triple H. Yeah, and it totally was. I mean, these are these are his people. These are his women. You know, this is these are some of his favorites from the NXT days. So, yeah, the crowd popped big for this. We'll see where it what where it goes. Hard to judge this off of one night. And obviously, a a traveling crowd like SummerSlam, they're going to go nuts for these returns, and they did. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like stables, although it did seem the crowd didn't know Dakota Kai or EO Sky that much. There was a reaction, but it wasn't like it was clearly lesser than Bailey's, which just reinforces, yeah. you know, what we all know yeah. that, you know, not everyone watches NXT. Um, interesting kind of to sort of monitor the respective uh, brand rosters moving forward because this was originally supposed to be, or was it last month? I've lost track. It was last month was originally supposed to be Bianca and Rhea, right? And then they had to scrap it because Rhea was hurt. Yeah, because that's Mm -hmm. uh, what's-her-face got the shot, Carmella. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know if Rhea's kind of been moved out of the picture for now because clearly, I mean, they're teasing something between Bianca and and Bailey's group. But I, I expect to see some shuffles when we get to the draft and what is that early October and we've only got one premium live event between that and now. So, um, I, ex- Becky's definitely going baby face and I expect she'll be then put on the same brand as Rhonda, which I assume will be SmackDown after the draft. Cause we'll get to Rhonda later, but it did that. That was the other thing, perhaps mm-hmm. triple H's fingerprints, the positioning, uh, face heel dynamic of, Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey moving forward. Yeah. I was going to say to your point about the pops that yeah, Dakota got the the least of the pops for sure. Bailey, I thought they reacted pretty well to EO when her theme came on. Like they knew that the, that base part of her theme right away as that kicked on. But Bianca's I mean, she's someone that should have so been weird. Yeah. Too, like to be like I, I wish she was like, oh, she was like excited. Fun. Yeah. Big smile. Like, yeah. 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 
She like Bianca reacted like a fan to this, which was kind of interesting. But I hate when they yeah. do that. To be honest, no offense, her. she's very. I didn't she's, really like she's that. She's lovely, either. great especially, especially if you kayfabe. It's like what happened to her last year when somebody made a surprise appearance. Why would she be right. happy to see this again? Exactly. Yes. But yeah. and, I mean, Io should have been on the main roster a long time ago. So it's good and, to see her up there. And Meltzer and others had reported she had one foot out the door. You know, you talk about Dakota Kai mm-hmm. being released. So, I mean, yeah. these were two people, you know, one was gone. One apparently had one, quote, one foot out the door. So, yeah, Triple H talked them into staying. And obviously, how are you going to get them to stay? You're going to say, we'll put you on the main roster. What do you think about putting those three together in a stable? It it seem, it sounds like, you know, the backstage part of it, it seems like it's pretty natural. Uh, mm-hmm. Bailey had talked about how she became pretty close to Dakota Kai. Yeah. Uh, talking to each other a lot about their injuries and and whatnot. So I think that automatically will help a faction if there is some, just some natural uh, connective tissue there. Yeah. Do we assume that Io Shirai is put in a group so Bailey can talk for her? I mean, that's something Vince McMahon. I mean, mean, that's, I mean, you know, something Vince McMahon would clearly think. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad idea. Look look what they did to... Remember when they made Nakamura talk, like right when they brought him up, and they made him do these, not long, but good length promos. We're like, why are they making this guy talk? You know, they yeah. don't need to do that. So I'm, I think that's a strength. I'm glad they would do that. But yeah, apparently she's re-signed. No confirmation on that, but I would assume she's re-signed, you know, doing this. So And obviously Dakota Kai has. So uh, the first match was produced by TJ Wilson, by the way. No surprise on that one. All right, so let's move into Logan Paul taking on The Miz. And I'm going to ask you guys this right off the top. Uh-oh. Who, who do you think's the better, quote-unquote, celebrity wrestler, Logan Paul or Pat McAfee? Oh, Logan Paul, I think, by a mile. <laughs> yeah. yeah Lo- Logan Paul's... At, at least hurt. if he's it solely on this show, most certainly Logan Paul. Well, there was all kinds of issues through this show with the ring ropes which hurt Pat McAfee. Like he stumbled and he slipped and they talked about like the humidity and it being slippery, but the ropes were clearly too loose because the Mysterio struggled with it too. Even Ray stumbled on the ropes. So McAfee, I, you know, I agree with you. I think Logan Paul's better, but McAfee had a lot of botches in, in his match. We'll get to that. Well, well, people love Pat McAfee. I mean, I think the only thing that the WWE audience inexplicably loves more than Pat McAfee is tables. <laughs> but with Logan Paul, I mean, Look, I absolutely question the idea of him being a babyface. I just don't think he's someone you anyone would naturally root for. Correct. Like if, like if you root for Logan Paul, that's that's a you problem. In my he opinion. kind of won him over in this match, though, because well, he, of, especially the the frog splash. Yeah. yeah, because what the because his moves and you can do that, but I just think his personality. I mean, you remember he's not going to be doing frog splashes through a you know, which was very impressive through a table every week. He's going to talk. Right. And you're going to see his personality. And mm-hmm. he is just not a personality that really any right-minded person should like. Now, that said, I think he has shown a tremendous aptitude for professional wrestling in his two matches, especially here. I mean, what's crazy is he never was lost. And he was able to work pretty slow and, like, make everything look good. And, I mean, he's got to, you know, it's well put together. Yeah, he's got a better diet than I do, obviously. So you know, <laughs> sweats sweats like a world champ. Yes, I mean <laughs> he was breathing hard on this one. Yeah, I mean, dude, if you wanted to get away with it, you guys are gonna probably think I'm 
fucking nuts for Sins. You could do like a throwaway premium live event main event with him and Roman. And oh, people yeah. would probably be interested yeah. in it, mm-hmm. especially because, I mean, he's the kind of guy that I wouldn't care, you know, if he is going to be a baby face that you beat mm-hmm. to Roman, if you want to serve him up there. Yeah. So in this match, the story early on was like the Miz was kind of toying with him a little bit, just doing his goofy facials. Um, that wasn't that wasn't the story I was following in this match. <laughs> I was just about to say something. <laughs> the dogs were out for a walk, Kyle. Yeah, the, 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 the dogs were out for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Of course, Maurice and Champ out there at ringside with the Miz. Uh, but eventually Logan Paul gets the advantage. Yes, they he were. Just, <laughs> I was missing a Bobby Heated. Look at them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God bless her. <laughs> so they you do this Irish whip spot where Logan Paul hit a couple of leapfrogs. This looked very orchestrated. He drops yeah. down into the splits. I'm gonna uh, they fight to the, like Vince. <laughs> keep it up. Fight to the outside. Paul hits a moonsault off the ring apron to the outside, which was nice. Miz went on offense for a little while, but then Logan Paul came back. He had a blockbuster. He put a figure four on, which got a big pop from the crowd. Obviously, Flair wrestling his last match tonight. We'll oh, I was going to ask, is he still alive or how's Run he doing fight today? TV. Yeah. Uh, Paul hits a cross body off the top and then a, st- a standing moonsault for a two count. Then uh, Champa gets kicked out, but he refuses to leave. He like puts down a chair. He's going to sit at ringside. Then AJ Styles theme song comes on. AJ runs through the crowd. He attacks Champa. Then Paul hits a phenomenal forearm for a two count. Uh, he takes Miz out to the outside. He puts him on the announce table. And as I said before, Logan Paul hits this crazy frog splash. He jumped so far on this. That announce table was a long way from the ring. Through the announce table, he nails it. Mm -hmm. It looked great. Yeah. Uh, He covers, he takes the Miz back into the ring, covers him. Uh, Maurice distracts him. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) Then Logan Paul and Maurice are arguing, standing at the ring ropes. Miz tries to attack Logan with a chain, but Paul moves. No, wasn't it that stupid Pokemon card or whatever? Or is it Pokemon? I don't even know what it was. Okay, I I don't get involved in those things. I don't know. He he tried to attack him with something, but Logan Paul moves. He almost hits Maurice. Paul then hits the skull crushing finale for the pinfall. That was the story of the match. I don't I don't remember. I wrote chain, but I don't know what what it was. Was it connected to a chain or something? I don't. It, well, I have was, no idea. But I, I I don't know. I was kind of whatever. Um, to be honest, I, yeah, it was like that one of one card that he wore out. Wasn't it like on a necklace or something. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I, I kind of missed the intros this match i said said good night to the kid but um aj styles i'm going to expose myself a little bit here is not a diehard regular wwe tv watcher what is he doing right now is he like is he done with judgment day i saw he'd like teamed up with Dolph ziggler which sounds really absolutely dire in 2022 and now he's doing something with miz He's all over the place. Yeah, I'm looking up his last two matches. He is firmly entrenching himself in that mid card. Which to be as a mid carder. Yeah, I I mean it's six years. Jake Roberts rules in effect with him. I mean, what what are you going to do with AJ Styles? I mean, he's been both a baby face and a heel. So I, you know, his spot in the pecking order. I'm not. And and we always talk about how like he hasn't had a great feud in a while anyway. So you know, he has been working Miz on the house shows on the house show circuit lately. So. 
getting ready for that. But yeah, nothing of note. That's for sure. Because I, I expected like, because I thought Dom was going to turn. Mm-hmm. When we get to the next match, and we might get something like Edge, Ray, and AJ against the Judgment Day. Yeah. But apparently, maybe not. All right. Let's move on. Bobby Lashley. Lashley defending the U.S. title against your boy A-Town Theory, Kyle Ross. Dude, A-Town I know when you heard that theme song real come on, bad. you were rocking. That's real bad, man. <laughs> just ro- I could just see you rocking, you know, six years deep in your basement, just grooving to that theme song. I was feeling pretty good, by the way, when this show started. <laughs> That's what? why I said that. He, t- yeah. he texted us in the afternoon, you're something to the effect of, this is how you get ready for a WWE premium yeah. live event. And they would listen to this who's in the Cleveland area. I was at Ale Fest all afternoon, man. Woo, oh, I was damn. feeling real good. Nice. Yeah, this one, uh, very quick. Not a long match. Uh, Theory attacked Lashley with the briefcase before the bell. Then they start the match, Theory, with some left hands. Lashley goes on offense. Theory tries to leave and go to the back. Lashley cuts him off by the ramp, tosses him into the guardrails. They go back into the ring. Theory hits a rolling drop kick. They exchange hands again. Lashley hits a power slam. Theory dodges a spear. Lashley hits the ring post. Then Theory goes to the outside. He rolls through the ropes, ends up getting pressed high in the air, brought down to the ring apron again, and then Bobby Lashley locks in the hurt lock for the finish. Very quick. Uh, so to that effect, Kyle, maybe you're happy that Theory lost in four minutes and 42 seconds. What did you think of the uh, match? Well, first of all, I believe we may have... Uh, did we talk about the Maximum Male Models segment? Or no, did, I didn't write down anything okay, on that. Okay, yeah. that was, <laughs> I actually like fast-forwarded through that, to be honest okay. with you. It looks like those guys are into it. So I'll give them that. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the most important thing when you've got a questionable gimmick, I guess. If you're really into it, maybe you can will it over. We, we shall Didn't see someone in the, in the Facebook group joke that you were the next member of that group? They did. I'm too good looking. I think I saw that. That's what I said. Yeah. I'm more, you know, I'd put myself on the level of a Rick Martell as a worker, too. <laughs> but, uh, so it's so interesting. You, you know, they tell you how Austin Theory is the youngest this, the youngest that. He's the future. Man, he didn't really come across as a big deal in this at all. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> Bob Lashley is the clear star of this match. I mean, this just in. This guy's well put together. Yeah. I mean, this was, he just kind of smoked him, really. And that was it. And it's so funny. And it's good. I hope this is a trope that Triple H gets rid of completely because we saw way too much of it. There's been a lot of talk on social media the last eh, week or so about, like, you know, Austin Theory is, like, lost every time since he's gotten the briefcase. He's been beaten up by all the top guys on TV recently. And having everyone having watched WWE for the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, what does that mean usually? Oh, well, he's going to, like, come into the back door and cash in. And I, I that, that's, like, such a crappy way to build a guy up as a champion, okay. as a yeah. heel. So I'm really glad they didn't have him cash in tonight. I know we'll get to that, but... Yeah, this was probably not even as good as their match last month. It was it was really no. point. I mean, it was yeah. it just made it clear that Bob Lashley is, you know, a top guy in this promotion and Austin Theory really isn't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This was the point in the night where my notes took an absolute nosedive and crashed into Mount Boredom. Uh so <laughs> if you if you don't have any great thoughts of your of your own, steal somebody else's. Uh, at tape machines tape oh here we go yeah lashley theory was a big boss man mounty SummerSlam match except no one goes to jail although someone maybe should 
didn't, I uh, saw Mi- that. didn't Michael Cole reference that match during the show at some point? Uh, yeah, for Happy Corbin, because Corbin yeah. stole the boss man slide in and out thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But that's that's funny. a good one. Yeah. You can do your own research on theory if you want to get that joke fully. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, pretty I, much I, domination. Yeah, clean. Is it full bell set? I mean, well, what do you do with Lashley now? Because I don't think they're putting him in with Reigns. They're certainly no. not doing it for Clash. I mean, and got a I couple would, months to kill. Yeah, I assume, I assume you build them up for like Survivor Series or the Royal Rumble or something. Yeah, because Reigns probably didn't they add Extreme Rules to the pay, premium live event schedule? If I missed that, I, or I mean, I think I saw that. I should say not. I missed it. I think they did, and I can see that being one that Reigns doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's probably Extreme Rules. It doesn't work for me, brother. How about extreme? <laughs> I, I can see him just telling you know trips. Hey, how about extreme? Doesn't rules? Okay, I'm I'm going home, be there, buddy. buddy. Yeah, doesn't work for me. Uh, so yeah, what what do you do? With, uh, he was politicking for a match with Gunther. I saw in a recent interview. That's a survivor. That's a survivor series deal because they're the two, mm-hmm. sec, you know, the two secondary champs. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he should even be in competitive matches. Just dominating people for a while here. Do the. Do the hurt lock challenge or something. It'll, it'll get yeah, it'll, it'll get them over. I mean, yeah. Owens, do you think they're gonna ha- have Owens work with them? Mm-hmm. That's somebody who's I, like not doing anything, and he's high right. enough. But yeah, I could see that being a natural fit. We have a uh, Carlo. Uh, Carlo is uh, he said that uh, yeah about Meltzer reporting that. Okay. Yeah, he will so. not be working extreme rules for sure, as expected. Uh, all right. No disqualification. The Mysterios, Ray, fresh off his 20th anniversary celebration. I know you guys tuned in for that. Taken on the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Damian Priest. Justin, let me ask you, because I don't know if we've talked about this since this group start. What do, what do you think of Finn Balor now in this group as a as our resident Finn Balor fan? I think the entire thing stinks. I I, I don't like it at all. Um also, I would just say that Finn might want to take a, a playbook out of, you know, from Ric Flair, and he needs to maybe cover up those skinny calves he's got oh. there. <laughs> but no, I, I I don't like it. I he was desperately in need of a character change, but yes. this wasn't it. No, like I mean, there, there's no character to it. They just. Uh, I don't know what what they are have, they? they have, what is the they, judgment? They have like spooky effects, and it's like, yeah, it makes no sense. Like they're like Rhea Ripley laughs. <laughs> That's about yeah, it's it. One of those deals where Edge was like, you know, kind of trying to. It felt the original incarnation with Edge is he was like trying to grab some people who were hungry and they were going to back yeah. him up. And yep. I mean that stunk too, but at least it made sense. But to your point, like it feels with Edge out of the group now, they've got a certain ceiling. Yeah. Even with mm-hmm. Triple H. I know Balor had some interesting remarks uh, in an interview he gave a couple days ago or something. He was talking about how he hopes he has more input. And what do you guys think? Because you guys both like Finn Balor. I think maybe you're a little higher on him than I am. I mentioned this on Facebook. Ryan, I know you were running around uh, with the birthday. But Justin, I think you saw us. Am I crazy for thinking that like Finn Balor is like a heartthrob type character? Like a heel heart is, is way better than this spooky business. I mean, the guy's yeah. got a hot wife. I think he also did he date Kathy Kelly too. I mean, this guy's yeah. you know does pretty well for himself on Friday yeah, he, Saturday night. 
he he should be like a ravishing Rick Rude type. Um, I yeah. believe I noted that he needs to come up with a submission finisher called the Thirst Trap. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Like a modern, like our John always like leather jacket wearing shades. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know. Cool, yeah. be, cool people wear shades, especially with the <laughs> I, new podcasts. I was just thinking, like, God damn it! I wish I had some sunglasses down here because I'm the odd man out. You guys are both wearing sunglasses. Uh, now I was curious though because I thought maybe you guys would be a little higher on the group since Edge wasn't in it now because you know we talked about the meandering uh, promos that he did and how it wasn't working out. Now, now there's just no promos. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. That would be a much better character for Finn, and it still feels like an Edge's group because they still come out to that altar bridge theme which just absolutely feels a hundred percent like edge right not that hundred percent yeah you think bray may come back soon to go with the group clay in the people, chat checking in people are really big on this site i don't know i mean clearly i don't think aew is interested so if he's gonna no. wrestle it's gonna be wwe i it's think it, it all depends on what form he comes back in right yeah uh, as I mentioned a little bit ago, this match was a little sloppy. Ray, who's always outstanding, you know, I'm watching this match with my kids this morning, and I'm talking about, you know, how uh, you guys, need, I'm gonna, I need to show you the match with Eddie Guerrero from Halloween Havoc all these years ago, and I was telling him how Ray's been wrestling since I was a little kid, and he still wrestles like he's in his 20s or 30s. But in this match, he was slipping up because, as I said, the ring ropes appear to be too low, too loose, and Dominic. Bless his heart. He's just he's just not good. He's Easy. too slow. I mean, this was not a good match. Whenever they do a spot involving him in the turnbuckle, it is always very business exposing. Like he yes. runs in a, you know, there's the expect. Oh, he went to that turnbuckle 100 miles an hour. Dom tends to go to that turnbuckle about two miles an hour. It's, yeah, it's very bad. Was yeah. Was this this like the safest or most like rule following anything goes match that is yes. ever? <laughs> I was going to say that too. This is a no DQ match and no DQ, yeah. but make sure you hold on to the tag rope. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, do not get in that ring. <laughs> I mean, the only reason it was no DQ is so they could do the edge return and have him help the baby faces, right? The baby faces who apparently did their wardrobe so, shopping at Hogan's Clearwater Beach shop. <laughs> with all the red and yellow they had my god yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so not a great match take you through it here a little bit um the mysterios were on offense first dominic hit a suicide dive to the outside like through ray's legs and then ray hit the springboard moonsault to the outside uh but eventually finn goes on offense against dominic then priest then balor again they're working over dominic crowd didn't really care too much i put in my notes quote hot tag back to ray Gets in there with Damian Priest. Uh, Ray hit most of his signature offense at this point. Then they finally bring in a chair to hammer home that no DQ aspect, I guess. Um, Priest hit a super kick to turn the tide. Balor makes a blind tag when Ray was going for the 619. He hits a, fl- a flying clothesline, which re- looked really good on Ray. Uh, Balor goes for the coup de gras. Dominic attacks him until Ray climbs up to the top rope. And then Ray hit a top rope Hurricane Rana to Balor for a two count as Priest make, made the save. At this point, finally, everyone realized it's no DQ and the match breaks down and everybody jumps in there. Uh, the Mysterios go for a double 619, but Rhea Ripley from the outside grabs their legs. 
Ripley takes out Dominic. Ray then gets the sound of heaven chokeslam from Priest. Balor wants a chair, and the lights go out. And then Edge comes out to like a remixed version of the Brood theme song, it sounded like to me. And he's even kind of got the look that he initially had when he came up to WWF. Like he's got the sunglasses on. He has this red coat on. Just overall just felt like a throwback to his original look with the theme song and everything. Uh, like he, he takes out. <laughs> <laughs> it was, a, I mean, I got to hear it again, but the, th- the theme was pretty. I always liked the brood theme. The remix sounded pretty solid. No alter bridge. Sorry, Tim. Tim Jetson. Uh, he takes out Priest in the aisle with a spear, and then he spears Balor in the ring. The Mysterios then win after a double 619, and then Ray goes for like this slingshot over the top rope, loses his balance, hits the splash that was almost botched, and he gets three the three count anyways. So the Mysterios are victorious. I'm a little confounded by this whole edge thing. I mean, for for one, all he's doing is just playing the greatest hits with all his returns going back to the brood after, didn't we just see that last year at SummerSlam, the big brood entrance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing is, is like, I thought the rumor was he wanted out of the judgment, uh, because he didn't want to do the spooky stuff. And since he got kicked out, I don't believe they have done any spooky Halloween stuff, <laughs> but then here comes edge back with, with the brood entrance right. and doing all that stuff. Michael Jenkins and checking in the chat. It's just boring. And, you know, <laughs> you talk about playing the greatest hits. You know, what's he probably going with now, at least on TV for the next couple weeks? Him and Ray, who were a great yeah. babyface team, but they were a great babyface team 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. SmackDown 6. We're going to be celebrating the 20-year anniversary of that. Well, I'm I'm glad that he said no to <laughs> the spooky guy. stuff. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad he said no to the spooky stuff. Uh, we'll see where this goes. I like the entrance. I like the look, but I don't know how this is going to play out. We'll see. Definitely his return has gone downhill since that awesome return at the Royal Rumble. He's been trying to find himself, trying to do something a little fresh with the old spin on it. Is you know, It feels like he's trying to bring the, the old gimmicks 20 years ahead, but still kind of do the same thing. I don't know. We'll see. He wants that nostalgia pop, but he also wants to do something fresh like he like we saw with Judgment Day, which did not I, work I, out. I just don't know if it works. I don't know. Yeah. Like we, we talked about how on a previous show, how he, he wants to, I think, show the audience that might not like WWE as much. You know, that, hey, I, I can, you know, do these cool things in, uh, you know, Within the WWE framework, and he's 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 trying, but it's it ain't really working. I haven't really liked anything I just done for some time. It seems yeah. like you know the rumor was he was going to be coming back as the R-rated superstar, and now it looks more like Brood Edge. Although I think he's just like he's he's taken all these leftover ingredients from his past successful runs, and now he's just kind of throwing them into one pot and hoping people like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I said, this match was not that good. This pretty weak stuff at this like to this point. This was the yeah, the weakest match on the show. But but I think it was positioned as such, right? Like coming in, you thought Mm -hmm. this was kind of the lowest match on the card. Are you guys surprised that Dom didn't turn? I mean, obviously, it would have made no sense with Edge cutting the big 
thing they wanted was Edge coming back. But again, this is kind of the WWE we've just come to know over the last several years. They had even given interviews, both Ray and Dom, where they're like, we, you know, we'll never feud and stuff like that. And I think that's, there, there's a lot of real, they, they, they don't want to do a feud is mm-hmm. some stuff that I've heard. But with them both being so public about that, again, I thought that was like, oh, well, he's going to turn now because they're saying yeah. that. Publicly, <laughs> right. Right? But well, I guess not. I, I would be willing to bet that, you know, Ray gets to watch Dom work all the time. And he's like, I'm not fucking feuding with that dude. <laughs> I'm, supposed to get, I'm supposed to get a match out of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kidding me. He's yeah. like, he's like, I'll just take the five minute breather every once in a while. <laughs> rather than having to drag my freaking son's ass to a good match. Yeah. We'll see. But I mean, when, when Ray wraps it up, I don't think Dominic's time for this promotion is very long. Uh, so. Do you see them doing intergender? With because we talked about earlier, what's Rhea's short term? Like you've got th- you've got Edge, Ray, and Dom, and you've got the Judgment Day. I mean, do you see like? I mean, I wouldn't mind. You know, I don't really like intergender stuff, but I wouldn't mind seeing Rhea beat Dom. To be honest <laughs> with you, <laughs> it would get her over. Yeah, true. Oh, poor I, Dom. Yeah, so, something else we should say just because it's fresh on the mind right now. Um, and there's just you could say it at any point. Another positive for this show, we talked about maybe the sum being greater than the individual parts. Everyone did kind of feel, at least to the live crowd, like a star. Mm -hmm. I mean, even like in this match, which was clearly the lowest positioned match on the show, the crowd was reacting and looked at them as, you know, most of them is is, is pretty important Mm -hmm. in almost every instance. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, like the live crowd loved almost everything on this show, yeah, regardless. Yeah. It was a great crowd. So uh, they lied a little bit on how many people were, were there, which we'll get wow, to here in a little bit. They had the perfect guy out there to lie about it, but we'll save that. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Some things never change. <laughs> yes. Pat McAfee, Baron Corbin. Pretty sloppy match. Uh, you know, out of McAfee's work with WWE in the ring, easily the worst. Um, but, you know, he saved a lot of the spots. There was some stuff where it could have gone really bad and him being a professional athlete, like he had the balance to kind of make it work anyways. But yeah, this was not good. Um, early on, McAfee nearly fell off the top rope, but he caught himself and he did a sent on to the outside. Um, yeah, it was, I, as I, I've said this numerous times, but it was clearly the ropes were not tight enough and everyone was getting up there and they were wobbling a little bit. Um, on the finish of the match with his uh, destroyer out of the corner, he lost his balance, but he carried through and hit it anyways. Uh, so, yeah, it's you guys have any thoughts on the, the match itself before we get into the aftermath? Not, not the match, but I will say it, this is an all time downgrade of entrance music for somebody with oh. Pat McAfee going from Seven Nation Army to whatever that uh, corny knockoff yeah. was where they're like. They actually like put the ooze or the, you know, the words up on his Titan trying to try and get the crowd to sing along with it. I also didn't like that opening with the choir with them trying to get the crowd to chant. What was it? Something like Corbin's a dumbass or I I thought that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with like uh, the tiny balls thing with Miz. I'm just never going to be a fan of that kind of pandering to the crowd. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, so uh, they got plenty of time. They got a little over 10 minutes, but... Too much, I think. Yeah, too much, I would agree. Would anyone have been upset if McAfee would have beat him real quick? I mean, at this point, I mean, who's rooting for Happy Corbin? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty bad, man. Pretty bad stuff. So, yeah, McAfee wins, as we said. Uh, After the match, uh, McAfee goes over and he taunts uh, Corey Graves as Michael Cole is just screaming into the camera how excited he is that his broadcast partner was victorious here. McAfee then goes over and he chugs a beer, two-thirds full probably beer, very, very quickly. Maybe the most impressive thing that we saw out of Pat McAfee <laughs> uh, during this whole segment. And uh, yeah, that, that was it. I mean, so the crowd, again, the crowd was into him. The match was very bad, very sloppy. But uh, they were happy, so that's all that matters. A couple quick things. I think we talked about this on our SmackDown watch-along. Miz and Corbin being in these spots to put over Logan Paul and uh, Pat McAfee were probably the right calls because, like, no one – like, who cares about either guy of those guys losing at this point? I mean, the Miz and Corbin, like I just said about Corbin, they could lose until the end of time. And also, this was the match, wasn't it, where Graves said – to Cole, I liked you better when you didn't have opinions. And Cole's like, <laughs> well, things are changed. A lot's changed around here. Yeah. That was yeah. kind of humorous, I suppose. Yeah. All right. After this, they bring out Drew McIntyre. McIntyre, of course, you mentioned the watch along. Get in our Facebook discussion group. We always post the links. I also tweet them out about three times per month. We do these watch alongs over on the playback app. A lot of fun. You can literally watch the wrestling show on our stream as we go. So we were streaming SmackDown on Friday night. We saw McIntyre and Sheamus. That was a pretty fun match. They got about a half hour on SmackDown. So Mac, so they bring out McIntyre now. He talks about that match in front of the crowd. There's a kid in the front row. He got the crowd to chant his name. Uh, and then he talks about how he loves Nashville so much. It's his new home. He builds up his match at Clash at the Castle, whether that was going to be Brock or Roman Reigns. And then he says, quote, now let me raise my magic sword and see what happens. Jesus Christ. Take that a couple of ways. (laughs) (laughs) The pyro goes off in the stadium and there's Drew McIntyre's appearance on SummerSlam for you. There are a lot of people, maybe not a lot, maybe I'm overstating it, but there are some people I've already seen on social media who think, oh, we've got Triple H in charge now. He's not going to beat the big home country baby face at Clash at the Castle. Oh, what a great statement it would be for Triple H if he had McIntyre getting his hand raised at Clash of the Castle and he beats Roman. I don't think for a second that's going to happen. Your thoughts? I I would be shocked. I I don't think so either, Justin. I'm just kind of in flux as to, I mean, we'll probably talk more about it in the main event, but I just don't know where they go now. I mean, are we, we're going to get an entire late summer, fall, early winter of Roman Reigns as champion. I mean, he only needs, you will acknowledge him, Justin. He only needs the next couple of weeks. He's probably Months. got two title defenses between now and the end of the year. 
uh, Clash what, of the that, Castle and Survivor Series. And, you know, yeah. a lot of people bemoan that, but I think it's working for them. The audience views Roman. It, it makes Roman actually feel like a big deal when he does work. It's like, oh, my God. It's yeah. like one of the 10 times Roman Reigns is going to wrestle this year. And you might think it sounds silly and it completely exposes, you know, the rationale we were given for the brands. But, oh, each show must have its own champion. You, you can't have, you know, a brand without a world title match every month. Well, this seems to tell me the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I joked about you're going to be acknowledging him for the next couple of weeks because he's probably going to take some time off, don't you think? I mean, there's no reason to have him on TV every week. We've seen this before this summer. Like, I think he'll probably vanish for a little while. I'm sure he'll be on there this week to talk about the Brock match, maybe next week. But then I wouldn't be surprised if he's, if he's gone for a few weeks. We'll see. I mean, what do we have here? Four or so weeks between yeah, now and Clash, Clash of the K- yeah. Castle. So he's got 5, 12, 19, 26. I mean, he, to build up that match, he'll probably be on the, most of those shows. But it's certainly after Clash of the Castle, I see him going back to Florida and hanging out with the fam. Yeah, what is that? Four weeks of television? Four or yeah. five? Yeah, after that, he's got to be probably gone. And may, I mean, maybe until they ramp up for Survivor Series. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I get it just for like, if he's going to be gone for that amount of time, like you're looking at Bobby Lashley as kind of the baby face of your promotion. I mean, once, once we're assuming, uh, Roman Reigns beats McIntyre at Clash of right. the Castle. I, I, it will be interesting because Cody's hurt and Cody mm-hmm. was able to carry, you know, the hell in a cell show when Roman wasn't there, but it does beg the question, Justin, what are you going to headline extreme rules with? I mean, I, is it I like guess Brock pro- going for revenge against something on a riddle in Rollins. That segment sucked last night. Are, are we at that part yet? <laughs> they're just, they're just going to get Dominic Mysterio out there and just, someone's just going to beat the hell out of him. for. I don't know. Maybe a celebrity. Who knows? Nick Khan will find some celebrity and put him out there. I don't know. It's extreme rules. So it's going to be some like yeah. gimmicky match anyway. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Undisputed WWE tag team title match. The Usos taking on the Street Profits with, for some reason, Jeff Jarrett out there as guest referee. This is just such a weird spot to put Jeff Jarrett. Uh, and, you know, the Money in the Bank match between these two, I was very high on, way higher on it than you were, Kyle. I really liked that match. This one, I was not high on at all. It was uh, def- It was like a television match, maybe even below that. I didn't think this match was very good at all. It's very average. I-, I shouldn't say very good. It was just very average. Uso's heat segments are absolute death. Yeah, it's just like they do like a super kick and then they just walk around for what feels like an hour and then they just do something else and they walk mm-hmm. around for what feels like an hour. It's just like, and you know, then the crowd, like there's a near fall and crowds. Like, Whoa, yeah. okay. <laughs> but like it went, and again, I kind of thought that like, the, the money, in the bank match was better than this one for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I thought, I thought the money, in the bank match was, you know, it just had more near falls than this that the crowd was invested in this was just i don't know i i feel that these two teams should have a much better match much more fast paced it should just be go 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 wwe doesn't do those kind of matches generally speaking so i don't know if they're just handcuffed by what the people on top want them to do it just this was boring as sin it seemed like they just wanted to get to the ending yeah they wanted yeah, they, to get to the, they wanted to get to the tease of montez ford 
you know, splitting yeah, with Dawkins. Yeah. And it, got, it's, even on go ahead. even on cage match, I was going to say it does not have a good score. And sometimes cage match is a little higher than we would be, but it's like a six and a half right now in there. That's still too so, high. <laughs> yeah, but for cage match, that's low. I would say on some of these WWE pay per views. Sure, sure. Um, and, and Jared is the referee. I don't know. I actually liked what they did on SmackDown with the Usos accidentally super kicking him. Because it creates the natural tension between the heels and the special guest referee. But they really didn't play into that at all Mm-mm. in this match. There was like mm-hmm. nothing. And then I-, I think the big talking point, the question to come out of this match is, do you agree with them going to what appears to be an obvious Street Profits split over the Street Profits being the Tag Team Champions? I think that's the question we need to answer. It's, you know, it's weird because I'm just ready for that split. I'm ready for mm-hmm. Montez Ford to get the big singles push. But that tag team division is in, in dire need of depth. I don't know who else the Usos freaking feud with now. I think Cole was pushing your boys, the new vicious Viking Raiders during the match. Because he said, have you seen what they're doing on SmackDown? Uh, to great. And, but that's like yeah. a heel versus heel match. I don't know if they're just, I mean... I can see the argument internally for why you keep the Usos as the tag team champions. They're part of the biggest act in the promotion, the bloodline. Reigns is the unified world champion. They're going to be the unified tag team champions as a result. But, I mean, unless if you're just kind of waiting for Orton to get back and do RK-Bro and the Usos, yeah, to Justin's point, I don't know what you... If you're breaking up the Street Profits, I don't know what you're doing with this tag division of the interim until Orton gets back. And Orton, didn't they say was a little more severe than originally thought? His injury? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's we kind of had this discussion when we talked about Montez, I think after mm-hmm. Money in the Bank. And it's just like, I feel like they should go with him now. And I don't feel like their inept booking with the tag team division should be a reason to not do it. You know, so it, yeah, you keep them together to have more depth, but they've also as a team lost so much recently. Well, that's what I'm saying. They don't even feel like they should be in the title picture anyways. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Now that they've lost you, you almost have to split them. I mean, there's no point. Like to me, if you're not going to split them, they should have won the championship. Now, right. There's something that needs to be discussed about Montez Ford's potential single. It kind of seemed that they would were positioning him to be the heel. Yeah. In the he, split. And I and I, I joked. Yeah. I joked about that on my money in the bakery cup. I'm like, no, in the WWE, they do something dumb like make Ford the heel. Well, <laughs> I mean, right. people are just gonna naturally want to cheer for him. I think the commentary's done a fairly good job, you know, not at um, you know, at portraying Angelo Dawkins as not being like chopped liver. You know, they keep saying, oh, you know, everyone's talking about the spot to the Well, this Dawkins has been putting in the work, too. And and, mm-hmm. and he has been putting in the work. And I think Dawkins has done a great job. I, I do worry for him as a single. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. But, man, I, Montez Ford as a heel is a little head-scratching. Other than they don't know how to book baby faces. And if they want to push him to the moon, they're going to have him kick people's asses as a heel. I guess is the thought process. Yeah, no, I agree with you. He's he he's a natural baby face, but it sure seems like, especially with that ending, that they're teasing him as the heel. But it, it, they have it right there with the natural storyline of 
Montez Ford is getting, you know, all the shine, all the spotlight, you know, you could just have Dawkins turn on him for that. Like he's sick of him, you know, stealing the spotlight. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. sick of hearing about this split. Why didn't you just go off on your own if you wanted it so much? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's something in this match I wanted to make sure I got in. So as the match started, Michael Cole in commentary mentioned that the last time there was a guest referee was Jesse Ventura back in 1999. (laughs) And Corey Graves asks if Cole thinks he could be governor someday, that being Corey. And Cole says, no way. He has too many skeletons in his closet. He's even worse than JBL. And I just wrote in all caps, skeletons in their closet because that means so much to United States voters these days. (laughs) Well, please. It's funny you went that direction because I noted the thing about Ventura in the Facebook group. And that's it was weird how Cole said he said Jesse Ventura was like the last like major special referee we had at SummerSlam. And I just laughed. What in the world just happened to this chat? I know we got a big audience right now, but we have a guy going by the name of I Just Farted who announced to the group, I Just Farted. Everyone. <laughs> who is this man? Who's doing this running? Okay. Anyway, but, um, you know, Cole's talked about Jesse Ventura being like the last major special guest referee. And I was like, what a way for Paul and Stephanie to shit on Shane, man. Because Shane was a special guest referee at SummerSlam. Yeah, a lot. We yeah. had talked about at least for 2017. He's probably, but there's been lots of other special guest referees uh, at SummerSlam since 1999, right? Yeah, I, I would have to look them all up, but yeah. But, I mean, did he say something from, about like just two special referees or something? Yeah, and he's like, well, I, mean, I thought about Sean, obviously, but yeah, because yeah. yeah, Ventura did it twice, 88 and 99. Um, yep. I was very happy not to hear with my baby tonight. I don't like how that's got oh, a cult following. I thought that yeah. was. Hopefully, Paul and Stephanie putting Bruce in his place because Bruce inexplicably thinks that song is cool. Of course, Bruce is a tool. <laughs> wanted to get that off my plate. Yeah. All right, real quick. The match itself. Um, they worked over Dawkins early. They cut the ring in half. You know, just your stereotypical tag team wrestling. Cole was on commentary wondering if the Usos are the greatest of all time. Uh, at the end... The story was that Ford hit his frog splash, but he kind of hesitated a bit on the cover because it hurt when he came down. And then he's pissed about the count. So he's yelling at Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Ford then went for a suicide dive to the outside, but he gets double super kicked. And then back in the ring, Dawkins gets super kicked and the 1D for the finish. Yeah, kind of clean as a sheet. A couple things. At one point during this match, Michael Cole exclaimed, quote, an awesome count by Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> it was a very standard two and a half count. Yes. Uh, also, I, I joked on the Facebook page, tired WWE shock face after kickout. Wired Montez Ford pissed face after kickout. <laughs> He's the only guy who has a good facial reaction, you know, and over the top to those near falls, I feel, yeah. for promotion. But yeah, shocked about how the Street Profits went down like that. And uh, you would have to think that they're going to split up. Yeah. I don't know where else you go with them at this point after losing again. We'll see. Kyle, it was at this point oh, no. that they showed your boy Kid Rock in the crowd. Oh, don't, don't, don't start with this. <laughs> That's, that is, that, is, wait a second. Is that, you know, 
That is not the woman, the comedian that was with Kid Rock. That's that looks not like Kyle funny Ross at, in that, that picture. That is not funny at all. <laughs> that looks like that's Kyle Ross doing a run in with Kid Rock at SummerSlam. My God, all people. Right. All right. I, 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 you know, I noticed you put your face on all the muscular people, and I get freaking who's this woman that I saw? Tammy. Hey, Trailer man, I'm running Park this production. Tam- that's the price Trailer you pay. Park Tammy or something like that. That's the oh, price you pay, my friend. Man. If you guys are not watching the video stream, you are missing out right now. Kid Rock and her made out on camera was very disgusting. (laughs) And you know, Kid Rock, all right, if it's only Kid Rock on this show, maybe you can handle it. But to get Glenn Jacobs later, both of them on the same show, come on. We'll get to that. Before we get there, Matt Riddle comes out, or Riddle, I should say, out of the crowd. Talks about how he's not medically cleared, but he calls out Seth Rollins anyway. There's officials everywhere. Trailer trash, Tammy. Pardon me. That's her name. Okay. Trailer trash, Kyle. I mean, Tammy. Chelsea Lynn is her name, and she spells Chelsea the wrong way, too, probably because she doesn't even know how to spell her. (laughs) This looks real bad. I'm sorry if somebody out there listening, like, likes this, and this is, like, their favorite comedian, but, like, they say looks can be deceiving sometimes, but man, I'll tell you what, I don't think there's anything to see about this. This woman's act looks like absolute shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, not great. It was pretty disgusting, in fact, but yes, that was. You uh, might be a redneck if that was a real shitty <laughs> fucking routine, too, way back today. <laughs> All right. Listen well- to something like this. Let's get to this Riddle segment. All right, so Riddle comes out. He challenges Rollins. There's officials everywhere, but Rollins comes out anyways. They get into a brawl. They end up back in the ring brawling with all these officials. They fight up the aisle, as I said. And in the end, Riddle gets curb stomped. Rollins laughs, and he walks off. So you still got these two on SummerSlam, just not the match that uh, was initially advertised. Any thoughts on this? Yeah, Seth Rollins is another freaking guy who I could go about three years without seeing. First of all, he was dressed like Pat Summit, as noted by someone on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Secondly, like, dude, that thing where he, like, escaped the WWE officials and ran to the ring was embarrassing. It looked yeah. like like he was the Keystone Cops and Yakety Sack should be playing. Furthermore, I would like someone, if they have the time, to find how many times in the history of the WWF from 1980 to 1999, a baby face would storm the ring, call out a heel, and then proceed to just get their ass kicked. <laughs> how many times did that right. happen? I'm betting it's single digits. Yeah. Why would you d- do that? Like the crowd was fired up when they saw Riddle, like legit, right? Yeah. Like they were like, at first I think they thought it was a fan. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, shit, that's real. They were real fired up that he calls out Rollins. People are like, yeah, I'm feeling it. Then Rollins is just like this geeky run and kicks his ass. Why would you do that? You, you're telling me that this promotion doesn't know how to book baby faces, Kyle, no. because that's a perfect segue into our next match. Yeah, this I, I actually thought that was like one of the worst parts of the show, that riddle. Mm. Rollins, but I, I don't think they yeah. needed to do it. Maybe yeah. less interested in their feud. Yeah. All right. SmackDown women's title. Liv Morgan defending against Ronda Rousey. Now, I read reports this morning that said the match had time cut due to the tag going too long. 
Apparently, the tag match went too long, which it went less time than Money in the Bank. Second biggest pay-per-view of the year, but apparently went over time. So this one got just four minutes and 34 seconds. And as I said, just just a hell of a way to book a baby face <laughs> with the finish of this match. Let's get to it. Um, so as the match starts, Rhonda locks in an arm bar and she yells out the crowd. You want some live, huh? You want a piece of her tonight? Yeah, you do. <laughs> it's the crowd. Mm. cheers. <laughs> um, of course they do. So the ref, the ref wants to stop the match eventually because Liv's arm is hurt. Liv denies it. She wants to fight on with one arm. Rhonda locks in an arm bar. But her shoulders are on the mat, so the ref counts three as Liv Morgan, the babyface, is tapping out. Keep in mind, the build to this match was Ronda basically saying, well, she was saying, Liv Morgan has no place in the ring with her. Let's face it, you're Liv Morgan. And we get that in the finish where Ronda just kicks her ass, has her beat, but Rhonda gets counted down because her shoulders are on the mat, even though Liv was tapping out. So it makes, you know, the referee look dumb. Second me, premium just, live event in a row. We had to fit it because the Usos Street Profits last show. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is a terrible finish on a premium live event. Terrible way for a baby face to win. Weak as hell. Liv retains because the official is dumb. Afterwards, Rhonda goes nuts, puts her in the arm bar again as Liv is tapping yet again. Ref that Rhonda then puts the referee in an arm bar and Michael Cole on commentary talking about how Rhonda dominated the match and Graves says, yes, Rhonda should be the champion. That's the heel. Yeah. Well, right. so, okay. Are we, we're convinced that this was a heel turn by Rhonda. Cause it's interesting. That was like yeah. the old Ken, yeah. that was the old Ken Shamrock thing though. Remember they like when they, and it got him over more as a baby face when he'd like mm-hmm. beat up refs. But I think just if you kind of are, you know, putting your finger in the wind, Rhonda should be a heel. And based on the fact that they're, it looked earlier in the night that they're turning Becky babyface, you can see maybe the wheels in motion for that particular match one-on-one at WrestleMania. And that brings me to Liv. I, Liv is just a placeholder. Yep. She, she mm-hmm. is like, I mean, like, I, I don't expect her to necessarily be in a, a top spot by the time Mania is around. It's just someone that they're, you know, maybe Ronda's taking some time off this fall as well. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to do a suspension angle because of her attacking the raps or if it's just, you know, the impetus to get her heel right away. But Ronda's clearly going to beat Liv at some yeah. point. And I wonder if this could have been something else Triple H may have changed. Maybe Triple H was like, hey, you know, we're going to get a lot. It will put heat on the promotion if we have Liv tap out or just lose the belt right away. Let's come up with something, even if it's dumb to lengthen her run and, <laughs> and this chat room. It's whenever I'm talking, the good the, the good chats come in, the good comments come in. But like, you know, and they're just gonna they're lengthen her run, I guess. I think that's maybe all the people want is live to get, you know, a run where it's oh she had a run and then people are like, hey, okay, this isn't that great. And they're ready to go back to, you know, what in their mind is bigger things. It's kind of like the uh Kofi Kingston title reign yeah they, they give him a long run but it's pretty obvious that the way they see him is not as a big time main eventer yeah right still still laughing almost every week since it's been said that uh top rope nation extra day with rick skelton when he commented on kofi mania and claimed it seemed the point of that was just to let everyone know vince was a racist without explicitly <laughs> stating it 
Oh, Maybe God. my favorite <laughs> comment on top rotation of any guest this year. Yeah. Rick was great on that. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, one of the most incredible breakdowns of Kofi Mania I've ever heard. Trailer <laughs> trash, Tammy. <laughs> All right, this is when they brought out Mayor Kane to announce a worked attendance number of 48,449. Uh, if you follow WrestleTix or Brian Alvarez, about a 10,000, uh, around a 10,000 uh, number increase above what they really drew, which is around 38,000 for this show. But I'm, I'm sure it's not the first time Mr. Glenn Jacobs has denied reality or said well, something that was factually inaccurate. Yeah, so perfect guy to announce this. Yes. Also very interesting. Usually, you know, he's inflating numbers here. Usually he's downplaying them. Yes. <laughs> very true. Very true. So you know, look, man, I, if I know they in, were in Tennessee. I know they were in Tennessee, but dude, anyone who cheered this dumbass should be tarred and feathered. Kyle. I agree. I'm sorry. I got to go. I, I like, I, go I, I like, to, I like to hear that kind of talk from you. A nice level headed boy from Iowa. <laughs> I, got, I cannot stand any more Glenn Jacobs. This no, guy is dude, such a freaking tool and he's so a, dumb. The he, only way he could possibly get elected to office is in an area like where he is, where his party. Oh no, I'm sorry. Not his party. He's a libertarian has a like plus 25 partisan lean or something like that. If this guy was in a competitive district, he would get wiped off the ballot. This guy is a freaking moron. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't like his bald head either. It's <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Jacobs. Get him off my screen. It, it, but un the, unfortunately, it, some of the tool bags in the audience cheered this guy. It's what's on the head. What's in the head. It's, <sighs> it's all very bad. <clears throat> Not a lot in the head of that guy. Not no. a lot. I would they, love, I would love to get on a live stream and debate politics with that guy. How many years have we heard that Glenn Jacobs is so smart? Oh, that's just, what a this guy is not smart. I guarantee you, I could wipe him smart. off the mat <laughs> in a political debate. I mean, it really makes you like wonder like how dumb most of the rest of the locker room is. <laughs> that this guy was regarded as the smartest guy in the locker room. Of course, smartest guy in a WWE locker room is probably means read three books once. <laughs> is what I'm guessing. What is I would like metaphorically the, choke slam this guy. Yeah. What, what is the more preposterous statement from back in the day that Kane is the smartest guy in the WWE locker room, or that Linda McMahon is like the benevolent nice McMahon? Or like, or such a benevolent, like not even a man, like, like, oh, Linda, oh, Linda said, like Jim Ross would say that, remember all that, that, you know, Linda, she's a saint, oh, she's yeah. so great. Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, that, inter when they caught her talking about Vince, that sounded like a woman who wasn't, you know, <laughs> she was talking about her husband at the time, I think. <laughs> it ain't good. It ain't good, Kyle. It ain't good. All right. I'm going to repeat my, repeat my joke over under two and a half <laughs> number of times Vince and Linda had sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the main event. Brock yes. and Roman Reigns, yet again. This time, last man standing match. So they add a new wrinkle to it, at least. Um, Brock Lesnar comes out for his entrance. By the way, he came out second. Roman came out first. Entrance took an eternity. Out comes Brock Lesnar. He stops after he comes out of the entranceway and he walks over to the side where they've 
got some shitty piece of machinery masquerading as a tractor that he drives to the ring. Everyone knows unless it's green and yellow, it's not a real tractor, but some piece of shit red tractor Brock Lesnar drives (laughs) to the ring and uh, (laughs) Brock is introduced from the front loader on the tractor. He he stands up there and he he insists on introducing himself. He he does so. They introduce Roman and then Brock jumps off the tractor during the intros to get the jump on Roman Reigns. Roman caught the microphone. Like yes. it was kind of cool, actually. Like, yeah. There's video of this on Twitter when like Lesnar threw the mic out and Reigns just caught it real calmly. That was actually kind of cool. It almost yeah. looked CGI'd or something. He the yeah. way he caught it was so smooth. It's almost like a uh, Mr. Perfect redo. Yeah. Right. And, and Brock can talk, by the way. It's it's so funny that like there was a, you know like it it just makes you wonder like did they waste a lot of prime years of him just you know dancing like he had to go to the bathroom behind Heyman. Because he was pretty good at, on the yeah. mic in like 03 yeah. as a heel on yeah. SmackDown. I know that I'm mm-hmm. asking people to recall things from 19 years ago, but when he was by himself as a heel in that era, I remember him being pretty good on the mic. It, it was funny. He definitely channeled Heyman the way he introduced himself. He did the yeah. Barack Lesnar just mm-hmm. like Heyman would. Um, yeah. So, like, as they get into this at the beginning, like I said, he jumps Roman. And uh, he hits a belly to belly off the steps on the outside. They fight up near the lighting rigs. Uh, Brock got thrown into the rigs and very clearly missed his face. (laughs) Wasn't close. He was being very careful. But then when he went to uh, attack Roman, not so careful, picks up Roman, slams him hard against the lighting rig. I got to think that was pretty. Oh, yeah. That was bad. And I and it happened right after Brock was like so careful with himself and just clearly missed his face on the light ring. And then he picks up Roman and he just slams him like crazy into this big steel piece. Um, and then they they fight back to the ring. Roman goes on offense. Samoan drop through a table, then another through a table, a Superman punch, but Brock is just down to one knee, can't keep him down. Another Superman punch and a spear. Still, Brock comes back. He tosses Roman uh, through a broken piece of the table on the outside. Brock then hits him with a piece of the table. Roman answers the count. Roman's put into the front ro- front loader of the tractor and tossed into the ring. The, the, there was one spot I just wanted to bring up because I think it's already happened at this point. When yeah. they, they got back to ringside, uh, Brock tried jumping up, like doing like a box jump onto the railing, and he didn't make it. He kind of slipped. I thought it was funny that no one in the crowd attempted a you fucked up champ because they probably scared him. <laughs> I thought like, that Brock would kick their head. Like, it's funny. Like, th- th- you know, it shows the respect Brock kind of has because, like, he looked pissed about that too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but no, there, there wasn't no you fucked up champ to him. Yeah. Uh, Curtis mentioned in the chat uh, <laughs> don't be bad mouthing that tractor. Case IH is the official tractor of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I'm sorry, Curtis. Nothing runs like a deer. Yeah, I'm a proud I, I know, eye when I got. I, I got to ask Curtis, and I and I hope I don't embarrass myself here. It, Rough Riders—that's one word and not two. Apparently, I've always, I've struggled. I've seen it different places on different websites. I always never know which way to write with the Rough Riders. So it's, I'm going to go with Curtis, and it's one. I'm, I learned something today. How did uh? Well, the real que- the Rough Riders. You talking about the Rough Riders? Well, it, how did Teddy Roosevelt <laughs> spell it, Kyle? <laughs> I don't know. I look, I look kind of cool on that picture. I kind of like. I, I like. I looked old when I was sitting on your couch, but there, I look kind of cool, man. What a segue! What I'm a segue. taming that beast. I, 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 I Thank you, Curtis, I, for setting that up and teeing it up nicely for me. You know, you talk about the CFL. I had a nice winner last night with the Blue Bombers beating the Stampeders. 
There ain't no in Manitoba this year. <laughs> we are getting way off track now. Okay, so Roman was put into the front loader, tossed into the ring. There's Brock hitting several German suplexes at this point. Roman Sick. beats the count. There's an F5. Roman beats the count. Roman counters an F5 into the guillotine choke. Brock reverses that into one of his own, although Michael Cole called it a Kimura, and Corey Graves had to correct mm-hmm. him. Roman beats the count after it looked like he was choked into unconsciousness. Vince would have let it was a Kimura. Yeah. <laughs> At the, I was thinking that throughout the show, like how relieved they must be to not have Vince screaming in their ears throughout the show. Uh, at this point, this is when Brock went to the outside and he used the tractor. First, he rammed the ring and the ring moved a couple of feet. Then he used the tractor to lift the ring up. And as he lifts the corner of the ring up, Roman rolls to the outside. I mean, this is was- like the one screenshot, of course, you're going to see forever. I mean, just a spectacle to see that ring. Yeah. And then it stayed that way for the rest yeah. of the show. But th- I mean, I don't know. 15 feet in the air or something like that. It's crazy. So Reigns taking the bump um, out of the front loader, I thought was kind of weak. I have a note of that Facebook, but he was obviously, this was visually a great bump of him rolling out of the ring. He took yeah. that. You're right. That's going to be in a lot of video packages moving forward. Ah, yeah, that- so I mean, that's the memorable spot from the show that people will remember for years for sure. <laughs> Sorry, is the tractor yeah. spot. Sorry. Curtis answered my CFL question there. Cause yes, there are two rough. There are, Oh, but, but the odd was the red blacks, correct? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So at this point, where are we? we in my notes? Yeah. So he lifts the ring up. Roman rolls to the outside. Then the Usos come out. They attack Brock. Brock fights him off. Heyman grabs the belts. He's like handing them to Brock. He's begging him to stop. He says, Roman's his meal ticket. Brock gives Heyman an F5 through the commentary table, <laughs> which was another spectacle, I guess you could uh, say. Crowd pop big for that. And, and, fi- and finally, they did it. It had been a yeah. like, that had been something we were wondering if they were going to do at Mania, that spot. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you what, other than uh, trailer trash Tammy or whoever, I don't know <laughs> if there was anybody in that building who was going to get up any less for that F5 than Heyman. <laughs> <laughs> a big guy, yeah. man. I like Paul, though. Uh, Reigns then hits Lesnar with a spear. Both men beat the count before collapsing. And then your boy Theory's music hits A-Town, Kyle. A-town he runs down. to ringside. A-Town down. Runs to ringside. Drops Reigns with the briefcase before trying to uh, cash in the money in the bank contract. Did you guys notice? I mean, they're shooting this from behind, but like as he hit Reigns, Reigns really snapped back against that... Uh, ringside barrier it looked like it hurt just the way he hit the barrier like his neck or something it was this was clearly the most compelling part of the match we'll probably talk about that in a little bit but it, maybe they were just kind of like a little on edge because the freaking ring was like mm-hmm. up in the air like you said <laughs> yeah but the, 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 it rains took a couple nasty looking bumps it seemed during there and the usos did too there was like it seemed like they were trying to be careful but like you know one of the usos took a nasty overhead belly to belly from reigns or pardon Mm -hmm. me from lesnar during this sequence yeah and you mentioned the tractor spot and everything i was convinced watching this live that the tractor was gonna play into the finish because i was thinking like how are they gonna beat brock again because i thought roman was gonna win and i thought they might like redo the rock foley 
halftime heat match with the forklift or something and have him like pinned under the track or something like that. I could totally see him going back to that again. Yeah. That's Chad Repack's favorite finish. <laughs> there you are, Chad. That's your as you mentioned. So uh let's see. Yeah, so then like I said, Theory drops Reigns with the briefcase. Lesnar hits Theory with an F5 before Theory could cash it in. And then the Usos come in. They both super kick Lesnar. That looked pretty brutal. Uh, Lesnar beats the count after a spear from Reigns. Reigns then used Theory's briefcase to attack Lesnar. Lesnar again beats the count. So Reigns hits him with the WWE Championship belt. Lesnar again beats the count. Reigns then used the Universal title belt to hit Lesnar. Then Reigns and the Usos bury Lesnar under basically all the wrecked debris from the announce table from around the ring. They piled it all on top of Brock, and then Roman stands on top of all of this as the referee counts to 10. Now, I thought the rules in one of these matches was when the referee counts, you have to stay back. But as the referee was counting, they continue to pummel Brock and like stack all this stuff on top, whatever. In the end, Roman is successful he wins and uh yeah it was it was quite the spectacle not like a great wrestling match but memorable so i would rate it like fairly good for that but uh, anything i I didn't cover you guys wanted to talk about there was a double super kick spot with the usos that looked pretty nasty on brock like it looked like they timed it too well like they might have like you know got the and brock looked like he was a little loopy there um look the well of Brock and Roman is, is pretty dry. I think we would all agree, right? You know, mm-hmm. we've seen this a lot. They ob- But they obviously had to do something creative if they're going to do this again. And the tractor was novel. Um, you know, if, if my view was obstructed by it, I would have been pretty pissed. I think mm-hmm. if I was in the live crowd, that, that there was a, a camera shot that if you were, you know, out by the entrances and maybe sitting up that the tractor when it was up, it was obstructing your view. And I don't know mm-hmm. once the ring was raised, what that was doing to some of those ringside people, but whatever, sometimes you do stuff. I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting, you know, it, as a TV viewer, my, my view wasn't obstructed. I was on the couch. <laughs> it could still see the TV plain as day, but getting back to the well is dry thing. And I mentioned this on Facebook. The one thing I will say about when it's Lesnar challenging reigns is you actually do believe there is a chance Reigns could lose. And they had the theory bit mixed in. And so the, like, normally when I'm watching a Roman Reigns match, I'm just like, dude, that he's not going to lose. He has no chance of losing. But he, with Lesnar, you're always like, yeah, maybe they might do something. But look, the original plan was Reigns and Orton. And Orton wasn't going to win for sure. Yeesh. So uh, this was probably better. I guess that is a made it certainly more memorable. I don't know what that because yeah. if it's Reigns and Orton, it would have been just the usual Reigns match with a flat finish, right? This I was into it for the last ten minutes. I think the opening fifteen was kind of boring, personally. But uh, here's a question I got for you guys. So Reigns did his acknowledge me bit before the match. God, was that entrance long, mm-hmm. and especially on a show that was already in its fourth hour, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. But do you think if let's say they're doing Reigns and Rocket Mania? There's going to be a like a substantial part of the crowd that's cheering Roman Reigns in that match, don't you think? Oh yeah. I mean cuz there already is. I mean like I mean that that thing, like that whole acknowledgement thing, I mean I guess it's supposed to, but it gets a baby face ring just cuz how unbeatable he's booked. I mean it's only natural that people are just going to cheer him. I think it'll be pretty or, 50-50. 
But there'll be a lot of people cheering him, yeah. Yeah, but, but, but people but, are going to be pumped to see Rock back wrestling. Uh, absolutely, but it's not going to be like 100 to 0. I mean, I, I think. No, and, no, 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 and, no. Yeah. And, and we were talking about this, Justin, earlier in the show. Might have been during Becky Bianca. That w, modern WWE, it's not so much about face heel alive anymore. It's just about getting two big names in and letting the crowd cheer for who the fuck they want to cheer for. It mm-hmm. seems. Yeah, we've talked about it before as far as where they're going to go for WrestleMania. And I believe Ryan's with me here that I would love to see Roman Reigns versus The Rock at WrestleMania. I, I think that is a main event, obviously. But I don't think it needs to be for the title. I, I think somebody else needs to want needs to be the one to get the rub, the shine from beating Roman Reigns. And that's honestly part of the reason why I enjoyed this so much, this match so much, was that I was very invested in Brock and Theory, for that matter, not winning. Because I just think that would have been a waste from you know what you've been building for two years here with Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Lesnar got the undefeated streak from Undertaker. He doesn't need this. I, this time they have got to give it to somebody who can use it for years to come. Um, and just real quick, I want to say the, the, the tractor Gaga stuff was really fun. The only lame spot was when Brock dumped Roman into the ring just because the tractor wasn't up high enough. I think it could have been effective if it was higher up. Yeah. Sorry, just a little side note there. No, no, I, yeah, and I agree with that. But he, he kind of made up for it when he rolled out, I think. Um, it, so if it's not a – I mean, it's interesting when you are looking way into the future at our crystal balls with, like, Mania. Because if Roman's still the unified champion, that means he will defend against the Rumble winner at WrestleMania, right? Yeah. Unless if they break protocol. And, I mean, if that and if it's Rock, then Rock's got to win the Rumble, too. Right. Ugh. That, I mean, that's something else to consider. I mean, I know a lot of people think that, you, and I know what it's on the tip of your tongue, Justin, and I assume it's on the tip of your tongue as well, well too, Ryan. But like Cody coming back and winning the Rumble is clearly a great story that they've got yep. in front of them, and you don't want to. T- you certainly don't want to have him come back for the Rumble and like lose, mm-hmm. right? That would be bad. So, I mean, that's I mean, that's interesting. And with, with not many Reigns title offenses between now and the Rumble, people are going to think I'm crazy. And, and consider the source here. I think WWE's fine with this world title situation. They probably actually have more than enough options, believe it or not. If you only have to fill two world title matches between now and the Rumble, and you got this Cody thing and Rock, and, you know, they're going to do Rock. If they get Rock, they're, getting, they're doing Rock, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um whether it's not whether or not it's for the title, I don't know. I think there's an argument to have it for the title, and there's an argument not to have it for the title. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think they've got actually enough options to fill that out. So, would you have Roman lose the title before Mania? Have him and Rock be non-title? Cody win the title at Mania against somebody completely different, and then you save Cody Roman for like next summer? I. Can, can I jump in real quick? I would say yeah. you can still have Cody come back, win the Rumble, say he's not going to wait for WrestleMania, challenge Roman Reigns at whatever PLE is in between the Rumble and and WrestleMania. You have Rock cost the title for Roman Reigns to Cody, and then that you know I don't know what you do with Cody at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's as the only champ. Pro- yeah, mm-hmm. Because part of me thought that they might split the titles. Mm-hmm. 
Like that, like in my head, like when they were no, like I don't think I don't think they should, but I could see the argument to do it in the sense that you could then serve all the masters we're talking about. You could still have like Roman and Rock be a title match, and then Cody would win the Rumble and challenge whomever else. Like I, Cody beating Brock for the title would not have been a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I I think that is key though. If 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 Cody's if Roman's working Rock, who does Cody work? At Mania, you know, I don't the want thing to see is, Seth Rollins again, please, dear God, no. I mean, it, there's, there's no way we see The Rock winning the world title, right? Because I just, no, at his, no, 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 no. Yeah, okay, okay. I just, at his age, and you know how much he works and how valuable he is in Hollywood, I, I can't see him doing more than just one and, match. And to your earlier point that you made, Justin, very astutely about why Brock shouldn't have won here, I think that goes like double, triple for Rock. I mean, the mm-hmm. last person who should end Roman Reigns long title one is, is Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Like the absolute last. Right. I mean, maybe trailer park Tammy would, would be lower than <laughs> on the list. But. We shall see. Um, all right. Well, I mean, that was SummerSlam 2022. I want to get this up on the, the podcast feed. So anyone who's not joining us on the video can hear this. But if you are listening on the podcast feed, please be sure to check out the YouTube channel, subscribe, join us for one of these live casts. You're missing all these great face swap photos I've been putting up and all the welcoming we did for Kyle as he returned to the flagship. That was very nice. (laughs) Trailer Park Tammy stinks, though. Well, I got to say, Kyle, I mean, it it was nice to have Madcap Ross back on Top Rope Nation. Oh, see, there you go. That is actually what my physique (laughs) looks like, to be honest with you. Madcap Ross, my friend. Very nice. <laughs> Good to have you back, buddy. It was fun to see you on your way back to Ohio when you stopped here I know, in Iowa as I know. well. So. We didn't really promote that in the Facebook group. I, I mentioned it when I was with Liam that I had, I'd stopped by. That was very nice to do. We did. We all hung out. Tim was here too. Tim's in the chat. I didn't. I cropped Tim out of this picture because I didn't know if he'd want to be on YouTube or not. So, but yeah, we had a good time. It's a good time for the the families to all hang out and everything. And uh, good to get back here in the regular rotation on the flagship. We got a draft coming up. What's that? Our our girls. It was like a Survivor Series team. We had to like watch over there, man. It was crazy. Yeah, my girls and yours. They really got along. Had a good time. So what do we have planned in the coming weeks? Well, this week we're dropping Canadian Stampede 97 for patrons. There'll be a teaser on our main feed as well. What night? Are and we then either that, the week the after or the week after that, I can't remember. We, uh, we got a draft. We're going to do a fantasy draft. It's been a long time since we've done one of those draft shows. They're always popular. We're going to let the patrons vote on the draft topic. So we'll oh. be doing one of those here in a couple of weeks. As no, well, so we got some fun, the, fun stuff on the horizon. Yeah, seriously, what night is? Are we recording Canadian Stampede? <laughs> Seems like a, a great, a great either uh, tom- either tomorrow or Tuesday. We got to decide. Yeah, it's coming out this tomorrow. week. Tomorrow. Oh, I can't do Wednesday. That's right. I'm going to be freaking shit canned again. What a <laughs> life I live. Freaking hammered all the time. That's why he's wearing the sunglasses. Hide that hangover. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Join the Facebook group. Talk with us each and every day over there. Just search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. Join the conversation. Uh, Never miss a live show here on YouTube. Subscribe on the podcast feeds. And as I said, if you want more bonus content, you can find us over on patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. So for Justin Joint and Kyle Ross, I am Ryan Drosty. 
This has been episode 262. Top Rope Nation, have a great week. We'll see everyone next time. Take care. Trailer Park, Tammy?